0: agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, hey, Las Vegas, all people listening everywhere. This is the new, the improved, the shortened, the better, the amazing Fertile Show. I'm Crystal Heath. You are listening to a podcast about issues relating to faith, family, freedom, and of course, we always throw in a little fun. For those of you listening here on KBXL 101.1 FM for our weekend programming, you're like, hey, I thought you were on the radio in the mornings during the week. And also in the evenings during the week. Y- you're not crazy. I did used to be. We just had some scheduled programming, and now you can hear me on weekends at KBXL 101.1 here in the valley or on kvxl101.com online at 3:30 a.m. and p.m. though if you're awake at 3:30 a.m. i'm sorry that that's your work hours but you can still get me online then if you are into the live streaming or as most of you probably are you can catch the podcast edition of the program on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're going to try and make these episodes shorter so we're not going to have breaks anymore there's not going to be any music anymore I'm going to try and get this in, get you this information in 30 minutes or less so you know what's happening in the world that is relevant to you and to your family when it comes to the issues that we previously, that I, that I outlined earlier. That's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to keep you updated on what's happening in culture, in our world, in our country, related to you and your family. Faith, family, freedom, and of course, we're going to have some fun in these programs. Now, for our shorter editions of the program, I'm going to try and hammer out a few things, or maybe even just one topic, under each of those uh, boundaries. So, uh, first off, we're not going to talk about the impeachment today, because it was too early in the morning for anyone to figure out how that all uh, went down. But we are going to talk about the coronavirus, because honestly, I think that more people, in fact, I'm 99.9% sure that more people are more concerned about and more interested in the coronavirus right now than in what had happened with the impeachment that wasn't, but maybe we'll go over that in our next week's podcast. But the coronavirus, we're going to talk about the coronavirus. That's something you need to know uh, for your family. We are going to talk about Trump's proposed uh, two-state solution in the Middle East, what that looks like, and if it means the end times are coming. And then we'll have uh, we'll have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about some emojis and not the movie. But first, the coronavirus. Do not panic. I know some of you have heard it was reported that there was a case of coronavirus in Clark County. The, the, the key word is you you missed the beginning of the statement. There are no confirmed cases of coronavirus in Clark County at this time. We did have a patient or we do have a patient right now with similar symptoms, but the CDC is still doing testing and we have not had a confirmed Uh, report of coronavirus here there was also that cruise ship in Italy absolutely horrific I would not so glad I was not on that cruise ship you had over uh, I think 6,000 passengers yeah over 6,000 passengers that were quarantined on a cruise ship because a couple uh, from China from from yes from China had come down with symptoms that appeared to be similar to the coronavirus, and so she was quarantined, taken off the ship, her husband as well. Everyone else that was on the ship was quarantined to the ship. It has been determined that that individual did not have the coronavirus, but simply had the common flu. And the passengers that were aboard the ship were allowed to then disembark. Of course, uh, cruise stocks plummeted. So if you ever wanted to invest in a cruise line, now is the time. Or perhaps in a few weeks, in case we have something else like this. Carnival Cruises saw a drop of 3.35%. Royal Caribbean fell 1.48%. Pretty much every cruise line stock fell. So if you're into buying stocks and you're buying stocks low, This is potentially a very good time to buy stocks in a cruise ship. But everybody that was on that ship has been cleared to disembark. The itinerary was, of course, changed, and they will lose a day because of this individual and the thought that they might have had coronavirus. And that's what I I like cruising. But what I don't like about cruising is, you know, at least if you're flying a plane or going on a train, you have some sort of recourse if things go wrong. And they will usually accommodate you to one degree or another. But cruises, they don't do that. When you get when you sign up for a cruise and you get on the cruise, you sign away your rights to any sort of recourse if something goes wrong. If there's a weather issue, if there's a health issue, if there's any kind of issue, they're not going to do anything for you. That's why you should just stick with Southwest and everything you do because Southwest customer service is unparalleled. It's like the Chick Fil A of the skies. Yes. I went there. So the coronavirus, before you freak out, before you go and try to find sold-out respirator masks, here are the things that you need to know. Coronavirus is not actually just a single virus. It is, in fact, coronaviruses. Coronaviruses are types of a virus. There are many different kinds, and some of them cause disease. The 2019 novel coronavirus ...is what we are dealing with right now. There has been this outbreak of respiratory illness. We now have well over 150 people that have died from this. And so we we need to talk about how this happens, what we do to prevent it, where it came from, how contagious it is, all of this. Especially now that the World Health Organization has now uh, deemed this a global crisis. So, the coronavirus is most often found in animals. They're very common in animals, mostly in camels and cattle and cats and bats. Now, probably, you haven't seen a camel walking down the street lately. We have cats, we have bats, we have cattle. This virus strain exists commonly, frequently, pretty much all the time... In the animal kingdom, it is rare that it reaches over into the realms of humanity, but it can happen, such as we saw with SARS and MERS back in the day. It was thought that this virus began with a seafood market in Wuhan, China, because there were quite a few people who had visited the market that developed a viral pneumonia caused by the 2019 novel coronavirus. However, we now know, just as of, I think, this week, or maybe last this past weekend, last weekend, I guess it would be now. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to talk about days now that I'm on a Saturday-Sunday airing (laughs) instead of during the week. I'm, I'm all jumbled. So, yeah, I guess it was last weekend a study came out that determined that the individual with the first reported case of this version of the coronavirus, did not have any link whatsoever to the seafood market. So we are still living in a state of mystery as to how the virus originated and spread, likely however from an animal source, now going person to person. The virus has been detected in people throughout China and 14 other countries, including the United States. We had a case in Chicago that was confirmed. Now, Like, well, how do I know if I have the coronavirus? The coronavirus is similar to the flu, but also different. Okay, so if you start feeling like you're fluish and you didn't used to go to the doctor when you got the flu and you just took care of yourself, commendable. I clap for you. But you know, when there's the potential of a coronavirus, imitating the flu and you not being able to fight that possibly so well at home, I would potentially consider going to the doctor. But here, here is a key for you, okay? Coronavirus symptoms can appear 2 to 14 days after exposure. You are going to catch this in the same way you catch pretty much anything else. So it spreads through droplets, uh, and you just... It's... it's okay. Think about it the same way as you think about getting a common cold or acquiring the flu. If somebody sneezes, somebody coughs on you, you get the little droplets of infection, they enter into your system, and now you have the flu. Coronavirus, the 2019 novel coronavirus infection, works the same way. So, to prevent the virus, because there is no specific antiviral treatment recommended, you just treat the symptoms. It's basically the same as you would do to prevent anything else. You're going to wash your hands often using soap and water. If you can only use hand sanitizer, it needs to contain at least 60% alcohol. You want to avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth as much as possible. You want to stay away from people that are sick. Okay, This is the time of year and the type of, <laughs> of virus where fist bumps are cool, elbow bumps might be even better. It's not offensive. It's, hey, I like you, but... I don't want your germs. I don't want to have the virus. Okay, it's it's okay. It's okay. If you get sick, stay home or go to the doctor. Don't bring your germs to the rest of us. Cover your costs, your your coughs, your coughs and your sneezes. And if you use a tissue, throw it in the trash. Okay? It's the same basic prevention that you would do for any other type of sickness. This is not super special. One big tell. If you're trying to figure out, I don't know if I got the flu, I don't know if my kids got the flu, should I take them in? What if we have the coronavirus? Okay. Coronavirus symptoms are cough, fever, and get. this is the important one, I think, because the other two can mimic a lot of other things or be a lot of other things. And shortness of breath. Okay, so if you have a fever and shortness of breath, or you have a fever and a cough and shortness of breath, or even a cough and shortness of breath, and you're feeling kind of fluish, most flus, at least the ones that I've experienced, don't accompany or come with a shortness of breath. There are other terrible things that happen during flu, but shortness of breath is not usually one of them, at least not for me when I have the flu. So, That, I think, would be, for me, personally, I I don't give medical advice. I am a doctor, but it's the PhD kind, not the MD kind. Okay? So I'm not giving you medical advice. I am just letting you know that if you are sick and you're like, "Ah, How do I tell? Go to the doctor. They will tell you. But also, if you have shortness of breath with any of these other symptoms, go to the doctor. (laughs) Because the chance that you have coronavirus probably highly still unlikely. In fact, we have been told repeatedly that it is highly unlikely uh, to be in the U.S. right now. At the moment, the CDC is only advising you to go to the doctor if you have all three. If you have fever, cough, and shortness of breath and you have been to China within the past two weeks or been around someone who's been to China (coughs) like if you had you know visited with or gone to school with or had a meal with or sat next to in a restaurant not that you would know that but <laughs> if you're around somebody who's been to china in the last 2 weeks or you yourself have been in china in the ta- past 2 weeks and you develop those three symptoms then you should definitely definitely be going to visit your your healthcare provider some things are not worth messing with this is not one of the things worth, worth messing with. Okay? So that's what I'm asking you to do. Understand the coronavirus. The odds of contracting it are exceptionally low in the United States. And if you exercise good hygiene, the odds are even lower. If you do contract the virus, it is not necessarily a death sentence. Particularly if you are a healthy individual. So, eat your fruits and veggies, get lots of vitamins, get lots of sunshine, get the right amount of sleep, exercise good hygiene, cover your coughs, stay home when you're sick, and you will probably not catch the coronavirus. You are welcome. Panic has been averted. Everything is great. So we will move on. Our next topic is the unveiling of a new Middle East peace plan with a two-state solution and a tunnel to connect the West Bank and Gaza. This is what the president unveiled at the White House earlier this week. Uh, He was flanked by Benjamin Netanyahu. On Tuesday, he called for a two-state solution to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, unveiling the administration's much-awaited Middle East peace plan. He said, my vision presents a win-win situation for both sides. Today Israel has taken a giant step toward peace. And you can go, if you're on Twitter, or even if you're not, you can go to the president's Twitter feed, and he has a map that shows what the future state of Palestine could look like with a capital in parts of East Jerusalem. So he has a, he has a, a, a photo tweeted here, and you can look and you can see, and it would be... Uh, it it would it would so essentially it's creating a Palestinian state in Israel in areas where the Palestine Pal- Palestinians are already uh, basically occupying, if you will. So Bethlehem, Hebron, Ramallah, Jericho, so on, scattered up through there. And then there would be a tunnel to go from Hebron under what would be Israeli-controlled areas into Gaza. And then they would have a few uh, areas down along the border with Egypt for residential and agricultural areas and manufacturing and so on. So the entire Palestinian state would be enclosed and surrounded by the state of Israel except for their coastline from Gaza down to Raul. And you can go and look at the map. It's pretty cool. And it's on the President's Twitter feed. I'm sure you could also just Google it and with, if you don't have uh, Twitter. Palestinians have already rejected the plan. They rejected it before the President even announced it. <laughs> but you know, this is, this is the Middle East. This is what we expect. The president said all prior administrations from President Lyndon Johnson have tried and failed. Even In the past, even the most well-intentioned plans were light on details, but he said that his plan is the most detailed proposal ever put forward, and there is nothing tougher than this one. We have an obligation to humanity to get it done. Netanyahu, who will be facing re-election in March... Praised the president's plan, says it benefits Israel's sovereignty and security, and that uh, the president's plan, unlike past deals that have not had the right balance between Israeli security and Palestinian aspirations, said, you have charted, and speaking of the president, you have charted a brilliant future for Israelis and Palestinians toward a lasting peace. For decades, that peace has proved elusive. It's a great plan for Israel. It's a great plan for peace. The White House says that this is realistic. But, while it does achieve a future state for Palestine, under the plan, the Palestinians would have to reach certain benchmarks to achieve a state. That would include rooting out terrorism, stopping what they are calling pay to slay. So, that's, I mean, if, you don't know, if you're not sure what that means, just think about it for a few minutes. Pay to slay. No more of that. And they have to implement free speech and other political reforms. If enacted, this new map, this new area, would more than double the amount of territory Palestinians control inside the state of Israel. And it would create a Palestinian capital in eastern Jerusalem, and the United States would then open another Jerusalem embassy. So Jerusalem would then become both the capital, recognized capital, by the United States of both Israel and a state of Palestine. Notably, this is the first time that Israel has agreed to a plan that includes definite, defined borders for a Palestinian state. That is a huge deal. Now again, the Palestinians have already said they won't go along with this. But Netanyahu says, hey, we're moving forward with it. Let's, wor- let's do this thing. Let's work it out. So much remains to be seen. Will this peace plan, if you will, become reality? Will there be a Palestinian state inside of Israel? And will President Trump be the one to usher in this plan? All questions that will be answered with time. Now before we talk about what this what this looks like from a biblical perspective, I do want to explain something to you. There is a group of people living in Palestinian-controlled territories that are among, I don't want to say the most persecuted in the world, because oftentimes when we think persecution, we think torture, we think death, and there are many Christians around the world that are persecuted in such a way. So I don't want to, and I'm in no way intending to diminish what those individuals are going through. It's horrific persecution. But there is a forgotten, persecuted group of Christians in Palestine. And those are Palestinian Christians. Palestinian Christians are rejected by Israel largely because they are, in fact, Palestinian. Palestinian Christians are rejected by Palestinians because they are Christian, not Muslim. So Palestinian Christians are surrounded by people who reject them outright, either because they're Palestinian or because they're Christian. They have no one who accepts and acknowledges them as their own. No one embraces them as part of us, if you will. It is just them. And so as this unfolds, I would encourage you to be praying for our Christian brothers and sisters in Palestine because they are there, there is a unique kind of suffering that happens with Palestinian Christians that I I can't really describe and I don't have time to get into in the program today, but do some, I would encourage you to do some research into Palestinian Christianity, and uh, if you ever have a chance to travel to the Holy Lands, whether that be the state of Israel, Palestinian territories, or what may be the Palestinian state in the future, and you're going to be shopping anyway, So if you go to Bethlehem, which is in Palestinian territory, and you're going to be doing shopping, what I would encourage you to do is find out where the Palestinian Christians, where their shops are, and support our brothers and sisters in Christ. But okay, Um, let's see, in Genesis chapter 35, God appears to Jacob and blesses him. It says his name will be Jake, no longer Jacob, but Israel will be his name. It tells him to be fruitful, to multiply. says a nation, a company of nations shall come out of you. And the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you and to your descendants after you. Which begs the question, well, what land did God give to Abraham and Isaac? In Genesis 15, we see God making a covenant with Abram. He would later change his name to Abraham. But he said, to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanite, and the Kenizzite and the Kadmonite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Rephim, and the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Girgashite, and the Jebusite. The boundaries of, it, of, of what God gave to Abraham, which God then promised to give to Jacob when he changed his name to Israel, and to his descendants is a massive swath of land in the Middle East. It is, it is I believe, more than four times the land mass of present-day Israel. So when we talk about Israel needing to make concessions, it is wise to bear in mind that Israel in its current state is not even remotely close to what God promised them. And God keeps his promises. And I think it would be very interesting to see where this ends up going. Now, there have been some people that are speculating if this deal goes through, does that mean that we are potentially... is Will this become part of the, the peace accord that will lead to the rebuilding of the temple, to the, de- the abomination in the temple to the Antichrist, and all of that. So, for those of you asking that question, let's do a little review here. So, Daniel uh, 9.27, or in in Daniel chapter 9, rather, there's the the explanation of the Antichrist, and how he will create a covenant, or a peace treaty, depending on on what version you're reading. He's going to create a treaty that will last uh, for one week. We believe... Uh, based on other prophecy in Daniel and elsewhere, that one week would be equivalent to essentially seven years. That the Antichrist will achieve a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. There, There is disagreement on this, because this is prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled yet. So until it's actually fulfilled, we don't know 100% for sure. But this is what the speculation is. Daniel chapter 9 goes on to say that in the middle of this week period of time, in the middle of this period of time, I'm just going to put it that way, the Antichrist will bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So what we know is that based on the, what's happening in Daniel 9, in this context, there's going to be a, this world ruler who is going to create what we think will probably be a seven-year peace treaty in Jerusalem. In the middle of this treaty, he is going to break the promises and desecrate the temple. He's going to put an end to sacrificing in, that's happening in the temple, and he is going to to desecrate uh, the temple itself. So, don't you, you don't need to get too concerned about this peace treaty from the president being the end of the world. Although uh, it always <laughs> it always kind of makes me chuckle when Christians are like, oh. It's the end of the world! It's a sign of the end times! Jesus is coming! Like, you're supposed to be prepared for him to come anytime, all the time. And it's a good thing. So don't, there's no need to panic. No no reason to, to go stock up the cellars, okay? If if Jesus is going to come back, he can come back anytime. We don't know the day or the hour, and, you know, I'm just saying, be ready all the time. Don't just get ready once you see the temple being rebuilt. Which, I think that in my lifetime we may see the rebuilding of the third temple. And there are some that believe that this treaty that is talked about in De- in Daniel, it will actually include the rebuilding of the temple. So there are some that believe the temple will be rebuilt prior to this treaty. There are others that believe that this treaty will actually include the rebuilding of the temple. Uh... W- I have different thoughts and theories on that. I don't have time to break them all down for you, but we know that he's going to bring an end to the sacrifices. The uh, the the sacrificial system will be reinstated and then this guy is going to end it. So, in my mind there has to be a temple and there has to be sacrifices before we can even say this is this is happening. So, there has to be a third temple, then there has to be an ending of the sacrifices and then and then we'll see this and and there will be Sorry. There will be a third temple, there will be this treaty, there will be sacrificing, there will be ending of the sacrificing, and then we will know that we are in, Daniel, if we are still here then, and, you know, all of that. Bottom line, Trump's two-state solution does not include anything related to the Temple Mount, rebuilding of the temple, and so on, except that peaceful Muslims will be welcome to visit the Temple Mount. His plan does not uproot any current settlements or villages or homes, so if Israelis are living in an area, this plan would not uproot them. If Palestinians are living in an area, this plan would not uproot them. The Temple Mount remains under the control of the the status quo, what's happening with Haram al-Sharif. That will still be there the the role of the king of jordan and the muslim holy shrines in jerusalem that will remain in place and muslims will still be welcome to enter into israel to go to peacefully visit uh, the mosque so this is this there's there's a lot more to this again because we're trying to give you a condensed version I'm not going to keep going through this but you can go to the white house has a fact sheet on this peace proposal and it gives you Basically bullet points, one by one, answers a lot of questions, and it's really, really good. And I will likely tweet that out, uh, a link to that as well. So if you're on social media, Facebook or Twitter, you can go follow me there and find the link to that bullet point outline. Really, really good if you are interested in learning more about that. Okay, so we've got faith, family, and some freedom issues covered. We're going to finish up today with a little bit of fun. I saw this on Twitter earlier this week and was just like, you got to be kidding me. Emoji license plates. Emojis have in many ways taken over our lives, right? There is emoji decor for your home. There's emoji apparel. There is emojis that we use in text Now, emojis potentially on our license plate. I mean, what is next? Will we have GIF license plates? There is a bill in the Vermont legislature proposed by State Representative Rebecca White saying that symbols could be added in addition to the distinctive number assigned by the Commission of Motor Vehicles or the numerals and letters selected by the registered owner of a vehicle as a Vanity 12 plate. If the bill passes... According to USA Today, Vermont would be the first state in the U.S. to allow emoji plates. So it doesn't happen often, but sometimes you know you go to a hotel or whatever, and they're like, "All right, can you just write down your license plate?" Or uh, they ask you what your license plate number is. How do you share your license plate number if you have an emoji on it? You're like, "Okay, so my license plate number is K74." Smiley face, the one with just the regular smile. Two laughing emoji, not rolling on the floor, just the regular one. Red heart, Z seven. And as I pondered this earlier this week, I was thought, you know, this this is this is a new low. This is just ridiculous. And then I realized that it's Vermont, the people that have given us Bernie Sanders, and it all made sense. That's all the time that I have left for today. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast of The Friddle Show. Hope you have a better understanding of how you can avoid the coronavirus and are, you know, a little bit encouraged that you probably won't ever get it. Understand what's happening with the peace talk proposed by the president related to the Palestinian state and potential creation thereof. And we will see you. <coughs> Excuse me next week. Same time, same place. Don't forget to hit subscribe over on iTunes or listen on SoundCloud and share us with your friends. Have a great week, everybody.